Welcome, Ambitious African, to another episode on the Ambitious Africans podcast. My name is Secho, your host. I'm super excited to have today's conversation because it's one of those conversations I really didn't have like a formal discussion on when I started working, but it's something that I sort of gleaned from people's experiences and conversations and also, you know, positively accidentally chanced on a book that thoroughly helped me navigate this topic and I felt that if there's one thing that I want to I I would have wanted to formally have a discussion on it would be how to navigate your first experience working as an entry-level professional especially if you didn't have professional parents when I say professional parents I mean they didn't have like you know office jobs or corporate jobs and so I would have had, I would have loved to have such a conversation. I didn't have that. So I decided why not record this episode and perhaps help someone out there um, who might just be like me, you know, somebody who's very ambitious about recreating the life they used to live as a child and is still trying to navigate how to handle these things. Let's go into the episode. Before I go into talking about the things that I wish I knew while starting work i want to say thank you so much for everyone who has supported this episode i made a conscious effort not to make a lot of noise about the podcast because i feel the discussions we have are very like intimate and almost like you know let's sit and chat kind of conversations but i'm i'm always pleased like i'm always surprised to see how people share the episodes with their friends and we have very great con- constructive conversations on the topic. So I just want to say thank you for that. One of the first things I wish I knew when I started my entry-level job was this saying that I have couched myself that working in an office or working in a, in a corporate organization is 80, requires 80% diplomacy and 20% delivery or productivity or efficiency, whatever you might want to call it. It requires 80% diplomacy and 20% actual work delivery. What do I mean by this? I mean that there's a way to talk to people at the office. There's a way to engage with people at the office. There's a way to dress (laughs) when you're going to the office. There's a way to send an email. There's a way to give feedback. And there's a way to actually shut up about things that people might, might actually ask you for feedback on. I'll give you one example. When I was applying for a job as like during my national service time, I applied to I I got the job to be the personal assistant to uh you know where I work our group CEO or our network CEO so like the Africa regional CEO the Africa CEO for where I work. And one of the things that really piqued my interest was some of the questions she asked during the interview. She gave me scenarios like, um, so if you're my PA and the president of America comes badging in, they need to speak to me and I can't talk to them, what would you do? And I told her, um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to tell her that is the president that 
Hi, um, Madam President. My boss is currently in another meeting. She would soon be done. And once she is done, I'll let you know so you can go right out to see her or get her to speak with you. If you wouldn't want to wait, you can leave someone or you can ask someone from your convoy to wait and have the discussion with her. She'd be so glad. But this is quite an important meeting she is in and she is in no way demeaning the relevance of the meeting you want to have with him. I didn't know what I was saying, guys. But just that experience of us, you know, of answering those questions and her feedback later on when she said I was selected because I I did very well at the interview got me thinking, how did I know all these things? I don't know a lot of there was nothing in my childhood or how I grew up or how I got career training or whatever to have to have prepared me for such an interview and the responses I gave. But I was able to do that. That was because I learned early by observing, obsessively observing how people navigate these things. First from movies, second from conversations, third from people's mistakes and fourth from books in no particular order you know in no particular order that was how i learned these things i learned very early on how it really required a lot of diplomacy and how to engage people even the choice of words and i and i did an episode on how to really pick the right words when speaking to people especially in formal settings um you can check that episode out if you're interested, but it, it's, it's crucial. It is so, so important. It is so, so important. So, so important, especially when you're going to have situations where you didn't meet a deadline because somebody forgot to tell you that was the deadline and that person comes knocking on your desk like profusely. Why haven't you finished it? You were supposed to finish it yesterday. I'm like, I'm sorry, I... I I wasn't told it was supposed to be yesterday. You see what I just did? I just said I wasn't told. I didn't say you didn't tell me. The fact that I was able to position the conversation in such a you know, it's such in such a neutral stance that I wasn't told, which means I am telling you indirectly that I didn't get that bit of information because you didn't tell me. But once in conversations you switch words like you and you're trying to blame the other person you instantly put that person in a position of defense and so whatever comes right at you will be things to you know trying to sabotage your genuine explanation for not being able to do something and make you look incompetent literally and so being able to communicate these things, being able to manage these things and and manage the stress that could come out of it has been one of the biggest lessons I have learned so far. I had to learn this through try and error because it's one thing to read and see all these things in people's lives. It's another thing to put it in practice. But one thing I'm grateful for is the is the fact that I can also share this so that the next time you're having a conversation with corporate people, you listen more to what kind of words they use, what kind of, what's, what's their posture, what's their demeanor. I, I am always fascinated 
when I watch corporate interviews. When I say corporate interviews, I mean, let's say an insurance company has their communications director being interviewed on a new product that they have just launched. And you, and you listen to the words she uses, you know, when, when the communication director says, yeah, we're trying to give back a sense of security to our partners, to our uh, to our partners and stakeholders, particularly because of the uncertain times we live in, it has become crucially important that we offer any form of sense, any form of sense of security and control that we can as an insurance company back to our consumers or our clients. And you listen, I listen to these words and I'm so fascinated. Like the word choice, every single word is crafted is intentional is diplomatic is well put together so if you're able to put yourself in this mind space of being you know in in a good in a good variation or in a good balance of diplomatic when you need to be diplomatic and being outright open and straightforward when you need to be chances are you're really going to enjoy the kind of work you do because at the end of the day you're going to do the second thing that I wish I knew. And that is, <laughs> you are going to be able to know, well, I wish, just what I, like, let me just say, the second thing I wish I knew was learning to know when to be straightforward and not overly diplomatic. And this is very important because when you tend to be diplomatic, or in this case, maybe politically correct, okay, in a conversation with high-profile people, office people, and things like that, sometimes it might it make it might make you look a bit too. Um, what's the word? You, you look shady. You you seem shady. Maybe that that might be too extreme, but there's this sense of you're sh- you're trying to shroud something in some form of you know discretion or something and so sometimes you need to be able to toss in a good balance of knowing when to be diplomatic and knowing when to be direct and that's what i mean so when i'm talking to my boss directly there are some things that i can literally you know decide to be diplomatic about because i know my place he he's my boss she's my boss i know how to engage that conversation because even though it's an open space it's it's a safe space at my workplace to share information and to be direct about things there are ways to say things that is more professional okay and i can do that but there are other instances where i'm just direct with him or i'm direct with her that i understand how you want this project to run but in my opinion or with my discussion with this particular stakeholder they don't seem able to commit to the deliverables we are trying to achieve so in my opinion or i would suggest that we terminate our engagement with them find another person and make sure we put in these different milestones to ensure this mistake doesn't happen again and that we're able to make ample progress with the short time we have left like you just you're just direct that is way better than 
trying to say um i tried all my best to engage this um contractor or i tried all my best to engage with this vendor but they said they seemed like they were not corporate cooperative and so um i just thought i would tell you about it so that we can um we can extend the time for the program for the project to end or the deadline so that we no come on no you don't do that and that is why a sense of being direct a sense of being straightforward concise meaning what you say and saying it without mincing words and stating it with a lot of confidence makes your value seen and appreciated in the job so i would say that if you don't have you know those high level big english to tell your boss some things directly try being polite and say thank you so much for this opportunity to do a b c d i spoke to this vendor but they don't seem to be able to do what i want to do i've tried my best to get them to do it but it looking ahead i don't think they can meet the deadline so this is what i suggest respectfully and that is another thing that i am so so thankful for i know in my job which will be my third point respectfully i suggest that we do xyz so that we can meet a b c d deadlines direct straight to the point so when it's time to be direct because at the end of the day it's not about you it's not about how you feel it's not about, it's not about the insecurity you feel at the job but it's about meeting the deadlines and giving results you prove your you prove your value there and even if you you would leave that job later in life you you would always feel a sense of contribution you always feel like you contributed something to the to the job because you knew how to not only be diplomatic you also knew how to be how to be direct and still deliver the best which takes me to my third point using the word respectfully will save you stress using the word respectfully will save you stress i wish i could just say yeah that's just it like sometimes your being direct could be seen as could be misconstrued as being impolite as being disrespectful but sometimes it's let me just say that i i grew up very opinionated and i'm using my own experiences because they're the ones i've known i i can necessarily share my opinions of how other people have navigated these issues because their perspective is different i grew up very opinionated okay i am typically somebody who will just tell you straight to the point if i'm going to do something or not but i wasn't always like that before if i wasn't going to do something i just keep quiet wait it out and it would just get not done when i started working i realized i told myself such a this will not fly here you're going to get fired and one of the things um i knew was going to be misunderstood about me was my my being confident my being direct and my 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 being open to joining conversations that might not be might not concern me but 
because they always target the results or they always target the the goals of the organization i feel like once i am there and i can offer something what stops me from doing that and sometimes it used to it used to rub off some people as my being disrespectful and i totally understand and so when i got feedback for one time that somebody you know someone told me they don't like how i talk to them and there's somebody who is like a, um, a supervisor a senior like a boss so they don't like how I talk to them. I didn't bother my, I didn't bother asking, how how do I talk to you that you don't like, you know? Because I knew that conversation itself could come off wrong, and so I knew what they I knew what they mean, they meant. And so what I decided to do was to take was to notch up my diplomacy skills, and still give them the sense that. My words might not say it necessarily, but that's how I mean. And my tone is what I'm trying to work on. But you might not know because I haven't told you that this is one of my weaknesses. But respectfully, this is what I suggest we do because whatever we are trying to do is not working. And I respectfully suggest that we do we do it this way rather. And that has really got people to to properly appreciate some of the things I've always wanted to say at the workplace. And I think if I still have my job now, I think it's working. So maybe you can do that as well. The fourth thing that I wish I knew um, starting my work or I, I wish somebody told me about in, in working with other people in a professional way was how to couch feedback, how to give feedback. As a rule of thumb, I don't give feedback. Doesn't mean I'm trying to, I'm, I, I'm scared of giving feedback or anything. No, I don't give feedback to people because one, I'm, I'm an empath and sometimes I hate it. Sometimes when I want, when somebody does something wrong and I feel like this could have worked out a bit differently, I tell myself I'm not going to give this person feedback until they ask me. Until they ask me, I'm just going to shush. And that has really worked for me. But it's not productive. It's not, it's not healthy. And so some of the things I have decided to do was to re-couch how I give feedback. With this, I use humor. I would say, hey, I saw what you did the other time. What were you thinking? It was it. That is if I'm in those terms with the person. I saw what you did at that time. Like, can you explain what was going on there? Because I didn't quite understand. It looks so funny. And the person will explain. I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what the, person, the other person wanted to say. And this is what you said. Oh, okay. I don't think they understood it that way. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Like, then we just, you know, I, I, I tell them how I saw it and, if if they if they if they want to launch launch on or latch on to my small bone of interest there and probe and ask for feedback, I would give it. Do I ask for feedback? Not directly. Um, these days, when I want feedback on my work, I would say, "Would you want? Would you? Could you kindly review this for me?" So I know I'm sending or I'm turning in. Something we all agree with. And if they say no, they say no, just send it, you know. 
if 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 they want to they'll do and then give me feedback and then i go from there but learning how to ask feedback how to ask for feedback and how to give give feedback is another way to genuinely grow okay you don't want to wait and somebody comes and puts you in this awkward conversation of we need to talk or we need to have a discussion and they just hammer your head with all sorts of unempathetic perspectives of how they feel you are you're working or you're doing something without necessarily asking or checking in with you if you're actually okay and if they could do anything to support you i just leave that the last thing i wish i knew before starting my job or working um would be reading well i i wouldn't say i wish i knew that i would say i am glad i did was read this book it was it's entitled um nice girls don't get the the corner office nice girls don't don't get nice girls still don't get the the corner office i've forgotten the person the author um when i find it i'll put in the show notes so maybe you can find a copy um i tried as <laughs> as much as i could to get myself a copy but it was actually my sister's you know one sunday my sister she doesn't live with us. She came over and then she had the book she was reading. And I read it. I was like, oh, this sounds like an interesting book. And the and the book, it's a compilation of research that, you know, a career strategist or stroke HR expert had compiled from real life experiences of various women in in Fortune 500 top companies on Wall Street and in the world, like globally. And some of the things she mentions was sometimes even the pitch of your voice as a woman can affect how you are perceived and respected in an organization. Well, that could be debated, but I totally agree. If a girl sounds like this all the time, and she's like, um, you know, I don't really understand what is going on, but, and this person is your supervisor, chances are, you're always going to associate that pitch, that tone of voice, to somebody who is childlike, like a girl. And it it just doesn't make sense. You can't really attach any seriousness to whatever any anybody says with such a voice tone and whatever. And so some of the things she used to do as the as a strategy was teach these people, even though they had shrill shrill voices, teach them how to say what they want to say with the authority they had over some of their reporting officials or officers, right? Um, another thing I, I learned from her was how you carry yourself. How you carry yourself in the office is so important. If you carry yourself like somebody who is unsure, you're always, you know, there's something always... Um, disorganized about you if you're talking i use a lot of um i think uh, i was um like if you if you if you if you give these small small items of doubt to be placed in people's minds about your competence very soon they are going to grow they're like seeds they're going to grow and it will, it will give them it will, it will give them permission to put you at a particular 
point they can they can just station you right there oh yeah this 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 lady is quite good at work cool but she doesn't like i don't feel like she's competent and it won't it will not be their fault it will not be their fault i mean you don't talk with a lot of confidence you don't you don't seem to know what you're saying you don't seem to land your your sentences like you don't seem to learn the things you want to say you don't go ahead to deliver ex you know stellar work outputs you know like you nav- how you navigate some of these simple negotiations are always touch points that help people undermine your value at work we're already about 25 minutes into this episode i could go all all in and on and on about all that you you should pay attention to if you're working in a corporate organization or anywhere for that matter but i don't want to waste <laughs> i don't want to spend more of your time but let me know what you think about this have you always felt like <laughs> something there's something here about this office like the way people behave like there's something like but you can't really put a finger on it it could be the professional environment and how people navigate it or use it to their advantage. But let me know what you think about what I have said. And let me know if you have experiences that you could you would want to share as well. I would always try to post them or share them in the next episode. Really looking forward to hearing from you. And thank you once again for sharing this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Bye.